0: Hi, everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils Podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on this Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. Excited to be talking about everything Going on in the life of Duke Athletics, Lockdown Blue Doubles is your one-stop shop for everything that you need to know about the Duke Athletics program. We spent a lot of time talking about football and men's basketball. Duke football, of course, now with the new head coach and Manny Diaz. Duke basketball, another win over the weekend against Charlotte. And they've got a quick game again against Hofstra. Felt like we had a long break getting through exam week for Duke and now back to back games once again that we'll discuss here on today's show with our good pal Jordan Mann. If you have not done so already, please be sure to follow Lockdown Blue Devils on X at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm there as well at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow and subscribe to this podcast for free, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Also subscribe to our YouTube page to watch the show daily. Hit that like button on this video. Share it with your friends. Your support means so much to us. Without further ado, let me bring on my good friend. It's Jordan Mann from the Big J and Little J Show. Jordan, it's good to see you once again. It's going to be talking about a couple of Duke basketball games here today. I hope you're doing well.
1: Yeah, brother. I appreciate you having me as always. And yeah, I'm ready to talk some Duke basketball with you.
0: Let's do it, man. We saw a fun game over the weekend. Duke is back in the win column uh, with a win over Charlotte at home. An in-state matchup for the Duke basketball team. uh, And they're able to put together an impressive win without Tyrese Proctor. Christian Reeves was also out with an ankle injury. We'll get to a couple of standout performances in just a little bit. But it is fun when you get some of those non-conference in-state games, Jordan. We've got a couple of matchups that we've seen so far this season where you're getting the big brands and the big programs that Duke's going up against. We haven't really seen that many games between Duke and UNC Charlotte. They hadn't played since 2009. It was good to get them back on the schedule.
1: Yeah, it was good getting them back on the schedule. And then Duke plays Queens here coming up. And so they're just hitting Charlotte area very strong. So I think Queens might be looking at this game like, you know what? They lost, Charlotte lost by 24. Let's try and lose by 23 or less. So that's a little rivalry inside the city. But yeah, it was great to see Duke play Charlotte. Like you said, it's been a while and it's kind of crazy to think about, but it's always good to see Duke playing an inferior opponent. No offense to Charlotte, but inferior in-state opponent.
0: All right, so we knew Tyrese Proctor would be out of the game and uh, did not really know that Christian Reeves would not be able to go. That was another injury there for the Blue Devils. He'd been hurt, had come back, and now uh, missing another game this season is Christian Reeves. But uh, with this Duke basketball team trying to look at what would work, what changes could be made, ultimately it's Caleb Foster who gets his first collegiate start filling in uh, for the injured Tyrese Proctor. And as you said, it's a 24-point victory. For the blue devils, what jumped out to you?
1: Uh, the Jalen Blakes game. yes <laughs> I mean, if you would have told me that there was going to be a Duke guard to not miss a three pointer, and you put something in my head, I would have not guessed Jalen Blakes through the whole lineup. I would have probably mm-hmm. guess Spencer Hubbard before Jalen Blakes in terms of 100 from three. But shout out to Jalen Blakes, uh, five of five from the field, three of three from three, 15 points, and he was the energizer bunny, like Duke. Duke was dominant and then Charlotte made a run cut it to like I think it was as close to like 11 after they're down like 25 but then Blakes made some sort of energizing play and then he scored a much needed bucket for Duke and then that kind of halted that run for Charlotte it wasn't Filipowski it wasn't Mark Mitchell it was Jalen Blakes and that just shows what uh, upperclassman leadership can do for a program so shout out Jalen Blake sticking with it and He played an outstanding game in 21 minutes.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We talk about the guard position and Proctor being out of the game. You could also throw in uh, kind of the impressive game that we saw from Jared McCain, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, it was the guards who kind of told the story for this Duke basketball team. Jalen Blakes is a player that uh, I often have overlooked, and I don't think I'm the only one in the Duke basketball community who has overlooked a player like Jalen Blakes. And it took no time, no time whatsoever – for him to make an impact because you're talking about going for three for three from the outside, which is absolutely remarkable for Mr. Blakes himself. But how about his entry into the game and what, 60, 90 seconds into checking in early in the first half, it's a steal, a fast break the other way, and Jalen Blakes hammers one home on a guy to really kind of get the, uh, the bench into it, the team into it. I I've just, I've, I've, we've seen Jalen Blake's dunk in his Duke career before, but in that moment, defender kind of right there on your hip. I did not think he was going to rise up and try to punch one down. And he did.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did. That is a great point. He came off the bench and instantly made an impact. And that just kind of carried his energy throughout the game. I mean, it was a sweet finish, sweet still, and sweet flush. And to uh, touch back on McCain real quick, he really is the guy that I was impressed with the most because, I've told you since the beginning of the season that I'd rather him – if he's going to shoot and he's going to struggle from the field, I'd rather him go like three of 13 or three of 14. Don't be gun-shy and go one of seven or two of eight. And he was seven of 13, and he just showed an aggressive – he just showed his aggressive side. And he is capable of scoring 21 points multiple times in the season. He can score 20 points multiple times in the ACC play. He just has to have that confidence to know that, hey, pull up and transition – For a three, I don't care if you miss it, that's a layup for him. And he shot a couple of those for Duke against UNC Charlotte. If he can do that against the ACC schedule, then I really like Duke's chances in the ACC.
0: McCain's two-point percentage has not been good so far, which is a little interesting considering how good of a shooter he's been. But I think it was some of those finishes that he had around the rim even. I'm thinking of a layup he had in transition, kind of getting knocked down. Honestly felt like it could have been a three-point play opportunity, but able to kind of finish it. Had a little runner in the lane uh, later in the first half. But if you go back to the very first possession of the, the first points scored in the basketball game to make it 3 nothing in favor of the Duke Blue Devils was a Jared McCain three-pointer open look from right out front at the top of the key, sees the ball go in. We know that we hear it all the time. Shooters just want to see one go in and build off of that. I thought that was great that Duke was able to find him early and that kind of set the tone for what he was going to do the rest of the game.
1: Yeah, 100%. That was a great play by Shire coming out to start the game, running a little action for your shooter. And shout out to McCain for hitting it because that really set the tone for him. Like you see the ball go in, especially your first shot. It's like, okay, I'm feeling good for the rest of the game. And his stats show it. I mean, he had 21 points. And so, and Blake's had 15 after that emphatic dunk. And the one, the one, uh, not even question mark, but the one thing you have to worry about as a Duke fan is Philipowski. I mean, he, this is not a team that you should be scoring five points against. I know he yeah. has an injured ankle and then he injured the other ankle, or maybe it was the same ankle. I'm not even sure, but he still stayed in. I and mean, he had 13 rebounds, but two of 10 from the field against Charlotte. He's shooting 25% from three this year. And like he's got to figure something out for Duke because he's a stretch, he's a stretch big. And if you're shooting 25% from three, and the four is Mark Mitchell, then that four or five combo is awful for uh, floor spacing for Duke.
0: Every goal that Duke has this season is attainable if they get Kyle Filipowski from last season or even better. We have not seen that yet. Let's get to Kyle Filipowski a little bit more after we take our first time out here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. All right, Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. We talk so much about hiring for your small business. You want to make sure that you have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They've got a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have time or resources to hire. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's move forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson, alongside pal Jordan Mann from the Big J and Little J show, also at Duke FB fans on X. Follow him also on his personal account at Coach J Man to see all the basketball content. And with the basketball conversations, Kyle Filipowski is one of the big names in the entire sport. He was picked to be the ACC Player of the Year. He had some good scoring numbers to start the season, but we saw one of his worst offensive games to date this season. This past Saturday, as again, as you said a moment ago, five points, two of 10 from the floor for Kyle Flipowski, Tip of the cap to the Blue Devils for still finding a way to win by 20 plus despite this performance from Flip. But what are you seeing? What are you noticing, Jordan?
1: He just I don't know, man. He his shot is stiff. I mean, like when he shoots, it's there's something weird with his shot to where he always shoots a hard shot. Like when it goes in, most of the time it rattles in, even when it goes through the net, it sounds aggressive. So I don't know. It just comes off a little stiff, a little heavy on his hand. And he's, I'm looking at his stats now and his game splits. He's won for his last 12 from three. So his last, he was one of five against Arkansas and people might point at the, if you're box score watching, you know, like, he had 26 against Arkansas. Yes. But how much of that was the last six minutes of the game where Duke was out of it and then Duke's trying to claw their way back in because Duke was going through flip a lot in the first half. And in the second half, and he at one point, I want to say he was probably about – he was like 2 of 11 from the field or 2 of 9 with turnovers. And then he started getting more aggressive, finished 9 of 20. But, yeah, I mean, his his splits right now are just – he's struggling. He's hit – there's been two games, JJ, two games this season where he's hit two or more threes. Arizona, he was 3 of 5, and then against LaSalle, he was 2 for 3. Every The other games, the rest of the season, he has not hit more than 1-3, if 1-3 at all.
0: And obviously, that outside shot opens up so much for him. He's such a dynamic scorer in the post. We've talked about his explosiveness a little bit more this season. After the double-hip procedures, the dunks are going up. He almost had another just really impressive poster uh, in the Charlotte game itself getting up above the rim a little bit, but couldn't quite finish at home. Uh, But you mentioned something earlier as well. We had another scare in the Kyle Filipowski ankle injury department, or just ankle injuries in general with this Duke basketball team right now. This is not a trend that we want to see continue. Fortunately, Filipowski maybe missed a media timeout and then was right back. I mean, it was real quick when Jose Francesca was able to check on him there on the Duke bench and get him back into the action. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't like these injury scares. You always lose your breath for a couple of seconds when you see Flip hit the floor.
1: Yeah, and one thing about Flip, bless his heart, he reminds me of a, teammate, a former teammate of mine. It's just he's not very – sometimes he doesn't seem very coordinated to begin with, and then when you give him a wheel down when he has a bad ankle, <laughs> yeah. he's going to be even more protective when he jumps. He's not going to land on that foot. He's just going to kind of fall because he doesn't want to re-injure it. So he reminds me of a guy that I used to play with in terms of that. So expect him, when Duke plays Hofstra later, that maybe he goes up around the rim. If there's a crowd of people around him, he's not going to land. He's going to more so like land like a stunt man and just roll to the baseline (laughs) and not try and re-injure that ankle.
0: Any other takeaways that you had from that Charlotte game, Jordan? What jumped out to you when you're looking at numbers or individual performances?
1: Yeah, numbers, that's pretty funny. It's a Mark Mitchell type of game. You know, Like he had 12 points and eight came from the line. So that's <laughs> what he – I mean, that's just what he is, J.J. He is get to the rim, either make the shot or get fouled and go to the line. He was 8 of 12, so 8 of his 12 points came from the free throw line. He was 0 for 1 from 3 because, that's I mean, it's not his game. But you see a guy that makes two field goals and you're like, oh, he. we had him in check. Well, he had 12, 5, 2, and two steals. So, I mean, that's a pretty – solid Mark Mitchell game. He just has to keep going to charity stripe, and he's got to keep knocking them down. If he wants to get fouled and get to the rim, he's got to make his free throws a lot more consistently than he has been.
0: And I am absolutely a big fan of what we've seen from Jeremy Roach so far this season. Yes. 18 points once again, 3 of 5 from the outside. You look at percentages this year. Kyle Filipowski is shooting 25% from three-point range. We don't like that. Jeremy Roach is shooting 49%. From yeah. three point range, we love that Jordan man. I think both of those numbers will kind of even out as we get further into the season. But man, let's make sure we give some praise to Jeremy Roach because he's been playing so well.
1: No, absolutely, JJ. He, sorry, JJ. My, uh, my, I lagged. You're all again. good. We're with you. Go for but, it. But uh, yeah, so Jeremy Roach, like you said, he's he's just been consistent. It's what you want to see from a senior leader. I mean, the guy's just he's a bucket and. His mid-range has always been his deadliest weapon. I've said that. He's a three-level scorer for Duke. And if he's shooting in the 40s from three with what he can do from the mid-range and what he can do around the rim, then he can – sometimes he can just put Duke on his shoulders like, let me carry you. And that's what you need as a senior guard, especially a senior point guard. And that's the most critical position to me in college basketball, senior point guard – is the point guard position, let alone a senior. And Roach has done an outstanding job. And hopefully when Proctor, whenever that is, when he comes back, they can really be that dynamic one-two punch that Duke fans were hoping for at the start of the season.
0: Excited to see what Duke can do a little bit later today against Hofstra. Another game due up for the Blue Devils. They've got a six and three record. Hofstra has a six and three record as well. Let's preview that game and a little bit more after we take one final timeout today here on Locked On Blue Devils. <laughs> Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You got to check it out this time of year. We're getting deeper and deeper and deeper into these division races. Shout out to Jordan Mann's Dallas Cowboys for a dominant victory over the Philadelphia Eagles this past weekend. A lot of good props there for who could win the NFC. Cowboys, Niners, Eagles, who do you like? Check it all out at FanDuel. The app is so easy to use, a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's keep it moving. Locked On Blue Devils here today. My pal Jordan Mann's here with me. You like that little plug for the Cowboys?
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. That was an outstanding (laughs) win. I had a great time Sunday night because I was not expecting that. So thank you for the plug.
0: Yeah, no doubt. That was was a fun game to watch. All right, uh, Hofstra is the opponent tonight for Duke basketball. The game's going to be broadcasted on ESPN2, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, back inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. Hofstra is number 101 in Ken Palm, and they are one of the most experienced teams in the entire country. Uh, what what stands out to you about this matchup?
1: Yeah, I mean, the experience. like That is one thing that Duke has to be better at, is playing teams that are quality with quantity in terms of experience, and that's that's who beat Duke in March. I know, obviously, is not Tennessee, but in terms of the roster, that was a bunch of veterans. And Duke's going to have to – they're going to have to handle it. The young guys are going to have to handle playing a juniors and senior bunch at Hofstra – against Hofstra. And it's going to be a good contest. I think they're going to be ready to play at Duke. And I'm really curious to see how Duke starts out if John Shire wants to go through McCain again early to get him going. Because with how the season has played with McCain, he's played significant minutes, but shots – haven't been there in terms of volume. Like I said, last game, 7 of 13. Let's see if he can go double digits again, J.J., and just shot attempts.
0: Yeah, we'll see what they're able to do against this team with the experience that Hofstra has. Uh, Hofstra, as I said, number 101 And Ken Palm. Ken Palm predicts an 80-66 to Duke win tonight and gives Hofstra a 10% chance to pull off the upset and win. The ESPN Basketball Index gives Hofstra a 13% chance Six and three record for the Pride. They had a five-game winning streak before falling to St. Louis in their last game. And it's the guard play that we talked about for Duke. It's also the guard play for Hofstra because they've got so many guys who can really shoot it from the outside, Jordan.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's going to be – that just goes to my test. I said as much as I praised Roach about being a senior point guard and that's how successful your team can be is based off the point guard position, Hofstra's got that in their guard play as well. So I know that, again, Hoster is not Duke's level, but those guys are not going to be rattled coming into Duke. They're going to come and try and set the tone and try and pop Duke in the mouth, and Duke's got to just be ready for it. And if they do, Duke's got to bounce back.
0: So I want to talk a little bit about their guard play because it's an experienced team. Like we said, Kim Palm has them, and it's number 20 in experience in the entire country. And it's a team that loves to shoot it from the outside. 46% of their shots. Are three-point shots, and it starts with their point guard Tyler Thomas, number twenty-three for Hofstra. He's in his senior season, averaging twenty-three point six points per game. Uh, this is a player that Proctor would have easily matched up on, I believe, if they were, if he was able to play. But Duke, of course, uh, will be without Tyrese Proctor more than likely a little bit later. Uh, against Hofstra. So a big matchup when you're taking on a player like Tyler Thomas. I said the scoring numbers there, 23 points a game. But also what's noteworthy is the number of three-point shots this guy is taking, Jordan. He's a 40% three-point shooter. He has shot 81 three-pointers already in nine games this season for Hofstra. To put that in perspective for Duke fans, Jared McCain leads the team with 36 Three point attempts. And this guy for Hofstra in the same amount of games has already shot 81 of them. Tyler Thomas is on the top of the scouting report for Duke.
1: Well, to go off of that, JJ, not too well actually, you on your own show, so don't ban me. But I see on ESPN.com, he's 39 of 94. He shot 94 threes via ESPN.com. Whoa. Now, now yeah. ESPN.com might not be right. You might be correct, but it goes to your point. This guy is a gunner. And what's even crazier, JJ, is he is shooting 96% from uh, the free throw line. And then Jaquan Carlos is another guard for them. And he's shooting 96% from the free throw line. This is the best free throw shooting <laughs> backboard in the country. I mean, this is insane. So it's going to be, I mean, it's crazy. He's averaging, both those guys are averaging double digits. Tyler Thomas, like you said, he's averaging 24 a game. And ja- uh, Jaquan Carlos is averaging 11. But both those guys that's how you can tell if a guy can really shoot it or not is their free throw percentage. Just look at JJ Reddick and his career at Duke.
0: No doubt about that. Yeah, no, I'm seeing those numbers as well. Thank you for well, actually, me, I've <laughs> updated, and uh, yeah, it's even more impressive uh, than I thought for Tyler Thomas. So definitely a player that Duke needs to uh, kind of key in on. Hofstra, coached by Speedy Claxton, uh, who played at Hofstra, had a big NBA career. I think I saw in their notes a little bit earlier in the week. There are now six players or six coaches in Division I college basketball who went all the way to the NBA as a player and have now come back to coach their alma mater. Uh, The man down the road in Chapel Hill, Hubert Davis, is one of those six. Mike Woodson at Indiana, but we're going to see a man in in Speedy Claxton coaching Hofstra, and he's got a really experienced team uh, that's good at the guard play. kind of makes sense. It all adds up.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to watch this Tyler Thomas guy. I mean, I'm gonna be <laughs> honest with you, JJ. I didn't know much about him until I didn't either
0: until I looked until at the numbers. i number. this yeah. with
1: you, and now 167 field goal attempts in nine games. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! If I had the if I had half of that green light, I would have at least went to Israel and played, professional <laughs> basketball. <laughs> no, played no, the
0: basketball. Exactly. I would have played in the league. <laughs> I would have played the division. You would the paycheck.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: God. Yeah. Check it out. That's the guy to be watching out for. All right, on the Duke side of things. Does McCain carry over his performance from this past game? You think?
1: I think Shire is going to give him the green light. I mean, I think Shire's just gonna be like, hey, like we're going to run sets for you again, like we have been. Do not be gun shy. And so I don't know much about their guard play defensively, but McCain has shown his ability to shoot around tough contests. I mean, it seems it's funny, JJ. It seems like he struggled a little bit from three this year, like, you know, in spurts. He's shooting 41% from three. That's what you want. You want a guy that shoots over 40% and you're like, Jared is shooting better than that, whatever he's shooting at Duke. So let him keep shooting. And I think if he shoots double digits, like, again, get him more than 10 field goal attempts tonight and I would love to see it.
0: How does Kyle Filipowski get back going?
1: You got to get to the line. You got to get, like, Get your head down, go to the rim, get fouled, see the ball go in and free throw line, and hopefully that translates. When I was always in a shooting slump, i try and get to the line, just see the ball go in, uh, and then once you do that, it just kind of lets you breathe. It gives you a breath, and then hopefully the first three that he shoots is near the top of the key or the slot. The slot is right beside the top of the key. So one of those two positions, and hopefully we see Flip make his first three-pointer tonight. That would be a great sign for him for the rest of the game.
0: Let's make it happen. Duke and Hofstra tonight at seven. You'll be tuned in. I'll be tuned in for sure. And we'll be able to recap it all coming up again tomorrow. Jordan, it's so great to see you as always. Before you go, give us a plug. What you got going on? Duke's got a new football coach. There's a lot of things of yours that people need to go check out.
1: Yeah. Uh, Big J and Little J show. It's uh, We're backed up right now. We recorded Friday or Saturday. And then I went to the press conference Saturday, I've been busy with work since, but that is coming out this week of mine and Connor's uh, recap of Manny Diaz's hire. And then we'll preview the bowl game as well. I don't know if you know this JJ, but Ryan Leonard's going to Notre Dame, I'm kind of <laughs> heartbroken, but I wish him the best. I love that guy. Uh, yeah. And so football is about to wrap up and then we are going strictly basketball. I've said this the last three episodes, but I promise to the listeners that I, we are going basketball. So it's coming. So be ready. As Deion Sanders said, we're coming.
0: <laughs> and be patient. We love it. Uh, yeah, we saw you getting a little uh, – or showing folks how testy it's going to be with Manny Diaz and Mac Brown uh, from their days in Miami and, and, and North Carolina. We're excited for that, man. Manny Diaz is here in Durham.
1: Look, Mac Brown fired Manny Diaz after a football game, like in week two or week three. This is what the rivalry needs, is bad blood. And even if they're on good terms, I'm going to be the one that creates chaos on social media to make sure that Duke and UNC are back to the rivalry.
0: That's what you're doing good at doing. We love that. Jordan, thanks for the time. We'll talk again soon, okay?
1: Thanks, brother. See you later. All right.
0: That's Jordan Mann joining us once again on today's show. Great stuff. As always, please go support his work. Really appreciate him taking time each and every week to join us here on the show. That's going to do it for our show here today. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.